Like Shark Tank? Then you'll love Firing Squad. Chad Soash and Joel Cheeseman are here to put the recruiting industry's bravest, ballsiest, and baddest startups through the gauntlet to see if they've got what it takes to make it out alive. Dig a foxhole and duck for cover, kids. The Chad and Cheese podcast is taking it to a whole other level. Oh, yes, sir. It's another Firing Squad. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite average white guy podcast, a.k.a. the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman. Joined, as always, the chips to my salsa, Mr. Chad Sowash, is in the house. And today we welcome... Crispy. Amber Warner, founder and CEO of VET. Amber, welcome to Firing Squad. That's Amber Winner to you. (laughs) Not a whiner. She's a winner. Her name is Amber Warner. Thank you so much uh, for having me. Um, yes, my name is Amber, and sometimes it's autocorrect my last name to Winner, uh, but it's Warner. <laughs> um, and I am a Philly girl, and I moved recently to Boise, Idaho, uh, where I am uh, building my company, Vet. Fantastic. Fantastic. You don't Are you an Eagles one. fan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Everyone in Boise is going to be an Eagles fan. Let me tell you. <laughs> Sixers, Flyers, like you're total Philly to the bone in terms All of sports. Of That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Very we, nice. Didn't we yeah, talk to no. someone from Philly the other day whose favorite team was the Cowboys? I found that very <laughs> odd. That, that, that is very odd. Yeah. Very Seems odd. like a transplant at that yeah, point. Yeah, right? I don't know what's going on yeah. there. All right, Chad. Like Philly uh, in, in Utah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> tell, her, tell her what she's won today. Well... Amber, welcome to Firing Squad. This is how it's going to play out. At the sound of the bell. That's not the bell. (laughs) There it is. You're going to have two minutes to pitch vet. At the end of two minutes, we're going to hit you up with about 20 minutes of Q&A. Be sure to be concise or you're going to get the crickets. That means tighten up your game. Okay. At the end of Q&A, you're going to receive one of the three from myself and Joel. Big applause. Uber for phone interviews, my ass. More like the rocket ship for phone interviews. yippee Kaye, motherfucker. You're getting acquired. Golf clap. This ain't a rocket, but it still might get you a good exit without hitting warp speed. And last but not least, it's the firing squad. It's the penis rocket that prematurely exploded on launch. Get back to the drawing board because this ain't it. That's it. Are you ready? For firing squad. It's like throwing snowballs at Santa Claus in Philly. (laughs) You ready, Amber? Yes. Pitch in three, two. Awesome. So VET is a platform that utilizes the gig economy to phone interview applicants on behalf of businesses. So basically, this allows an applicant to interview the moment that they apply to a job or express interest. So we're talking about that moment of intent where you have a quick moment to be able to capture that applicant and move them forward in the process. Um, Our vetters are stay-at-home moms, retirees, military veterans, people with disabilities, um, and a lot of HR professionals who are doing this in their free time. Uh, Our platform has the script, so they know exactly what to say. It's a data-driven interview, so there's no bias. um, And uh, it's really having that, we call it instant human connection, where someone's able to really have a genuine conversation with a human. Um, And uh, yeah, we then uh, work with companies to put the data back into the ATS and move them along the process. Um, we consider it, uh, you know, the app, the hiring journey, which is the moment of intent is the applicant. The moment of, uh, conversion is the candidate. And then the moment of retention is, uh, the employee. And so we're tracking that entire journey, uh, from the moment of intent. Uh, okay. So I'll keep... 
That sounds like she was done a little <laughs> early, a little early that time. All right, Amber, I always ask about the yeah. name. Obviously, Vet, I think of Corvette just because I have a whole uh, you know armada in my garage, little known fact about me. Uh, kidding. But Vet.io, Vet.com <laughs> is a, shockingly, a car yeah. site. Uh, with a with a with a chick in a bikini <laughs> yeah. selling Corvettes, so so like that may be some confusion in the marketplace. But how'd you come up with the name? Was there a number two that almost made the cut? Talk about that. Yeah, so um, it's funny that you said vet.com because uh, it is really funny because it, it's a bunch of Corvettes. A guy with a bunch of Corvettes bought the website in the '90s, and he's selling it for a decent amount of money. And so I was, when we hit our first million, we're going to uh, buy a Corvette and the high heels. I don't know if you saw the high heels on that website, but no, vet is really um, like you're vetting, you're vetting someone. And so it applies to, you know, any kind of aspect of, um, you know, that hiring process when you're vetting someone. Did you secure like vet.net or vet.ai to redirect or is it just? The we IO? do have vet.ai, um, but originally it was vet.io, which is where it is today. Um, but we do also own vet.ai. Got it. Okay. You are a two-time founder. Talk about your previous startup and maybe how it complements the current company. And how can you do that? Because it looks like you're only 12. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Thank you. I just turned 32. Oh, stop. Like, I don't even know Amber, how. I would be triggered at a comment like that. <laughs> Tell him to fuck off. <laughs> I, used to fun- I used to lie about my age because I wanted to be older. Like forever and wear high heels so I could look See, older and everything. Okay. But <laughs> my first company it was called Candidate. So I ran that for about five and a half years. It was a tech recruiting company. And it the idea for vet part of it came out of that. I was having software engineers vetting other software engineers. And I was like, it was just part of my process. It was a, a challenge that I had. But prior to that, I actually was in staffing. And so I was in frontline staffing. And so my sole job was to smile and dial applicants that applied the day before, the night before, and no one would ever pick up or get back to me because they applied at that moment mm-hmm. of intent when they were available. And so, um, you know, I thought there had to be, you know, a better way. So you've raised about, uh, what is it, a little over $2 million, $2.4 million in seed funding. Uh, you were founded in 2020. What have you done with the money? Uh, what do you plan on doing with it? Is there another raise coming in the, in the near future? Yeah, definitely. So I launched the company right as COVID was happening, which I think was a, a really great opportunity because I didn't have employees that I needed to let go. Like I could really hone in on understanding the market, the industry, doing market research, uh, testing stuff mm-hmm. out. So Originally, it was supposed to be software engineers vetting other software engineers, but I found a matrix that said the higher the skill, the less on-demand something could be, the lower the skill, the more on-demand something could be. So I pivoted the business to virtually anyone, you know, can interview, uh, you know, like a warehouse worker or a fast food employee. And so I brought on all my friends and family to be the, the vetters sitting on call. A lot of them were military veterans. A friend of mine had a physical security company in Philly. And I was like, as soon as an applicant applies on Indeed or wherever, like, can I text them and say, hey, I saw you apply this job. Would you like to interview now? And so the data just came in. Like the applicants were like, wow, that was so fast. I can't believe that I'm like talking to someone so fast. And so I was like, okay, I think we have something here. Uh, That was before we had raised our pre-seed. So built out a proof of concept. I like to call it our bubble gum and tape version of the product. Mm -hmm. I tested it out on a staffing company on their use case, learned a ton. And then we were able to raise, with that data, we were able to raise uh, our seed round. And then we launched to the public uh, last year. And um, we are hopefully, uh, the Q1 of next year going to be going for our Series A. Awesome. 
Awesome. Love getting the family involved. That's all great. <laughs> it passed the mom test. And, the, and they're probably all from Philly. I bet that was a fun pre-screen. <laughs> the whole alpha slash pilot. So, okay. So beyond that of getting family uh, involved, how, uh, where, where are you finding your vetters now? You said individuals with disabilities, veterans, giggers. Okay, great. But where are you finding them to actually pull them in to do this? Yeah. So we have done zero marketing and it's all been word of mouth and we have hundreds of vetters on the platform. We've started tracking how they're finding out. It's word of mouth, word of mouth, Mm -hmm. word of mouth. Like one vetter is telling another vetter. And so right now we actually have a wait list of 600 vetters. um, And it's all on top of the 500 that we already have on the platform. And because it's a supply demand, uh, situation, mm-hmm. we you know m- need to make sure that we're managing that so that way the vetters are making enough money to continue to come on, but and then there's enough jobs coming in. But it's been so great because we've been really understanding the vetter uh, behavior. And when they go online, when they go offline, we have teachers over the summer. All summer, we had a lot of mm-hmm. teachers on the platform. But yeah, it's just been so incredible that we that's just the flywheel for the vetters have really kind of gone. So do, cool. do you have like a specific amount of vetters that you want on the system at all times? And if it starts to shrink down, you start to invite other people into vet. How does how does that work to ensure that you have enough vetters at specific times, especially high volume times? Yeah, so we actually go off of Erlang C's call center model to make sure that we always have coverage. Mm -hmm. So we also offer to companies where their internal team could take that first vet request that comes in. And if they're not available, then it goes to the vetter network. So there's always coverage. We and like you said, if there's any area times that are lagging, we'll, you know, bring more Mm on. Um but what we found is that when vets are coming in, vet requests are coming in, vetters are online because they're making they're making money. Ah, uh, gotcha. You know, gotcha. So yeah. how are they trained? How are the vetters trained? Yeah. So technically, we can't train because it's gig work, but we could provide best practices. So our vetters vet new vetters coming on. So we use our own product to vet okay. them coming on, and then we provide all the best practices, the feedback loops, everything very similar to like a, an Uber where, you know, there's ratings and uh, so they're able to um, get that feedback. Okay. So how do you do QA, QC moving forward? So you, you vet this vetter, you put them on, that's great, but that doesn't mean they're always going to be amazing. How do you continue to provide QA, QC to ensure quality? Yeah. So we're doing, um, we're working towards sentiment analysis Mm -hmm. for the vetters to be able to see the energy level and whatever else. And we can provide that feedback as data. So we, I always say cash is king, data is queen. And, you know, data really, you know, everything is, is about data. Like we're use, utilizing humans, mm-hmm. but get it. It's for the data that they're, you know. Okay. So are, are you recording and that's how you're getting mm-hmm. sentiment analysis? And then, and then you're, you're doing transcriptions. Yep. Tell me a little bit about that process in itself. Yes. Yeah, so all the interviews are recorded um, and they are transcribed as well. Okay. So we're able to, you know, go off of that. After the interview is done, an applicant gets a text message saying, uh, how would you like to rate, you know, how was your interview experience? Rate it on a you know a scale so they can rate it that mm-hmm. way. And then customers can also provide uh, feedback, you know, on the vetters that they, you know, favorite vetters and whatever else. So process-wise, the transcriptions are then and recordings are, are pushed into the applicant tracking system. Uh, is yep. that how it works? So that then the recruiter can jump onto it to review. Is that Does the review happen in VET or does it happen in... Uh, their applicant tracking. So yeah, so in the actual interview, if it's a if this mm-hmm. then that. So if they answer this way or if they answer this way, based on what the company puts as their 
deal breakers and whatever else will determine if they're the, you know, the right fit or not. And then after the interview is done, a text goes out to them 10 minutes later, letting them know if they're moving forward or not and what the next steps are. 10 minutes. 10, 10 minutes. minutes. And on average, applicants went for getting that text message. So the way that, that it works is an applicant will apply to the mm-hmm. job. The moment that they apply, they get a text from us saying, hey, saw you apply this job. Would you like to interview now? We've eliminated scheduling, no scheduling at all. So if they're available now or whenever, it's a link that looks kind of like Uber. They don't have to download anything. They just hit interview now, a button, and it searches who's online. Applicants are interviewing on average within one minute and 28 seconds of getting that text message. And then 10 minutes later, they're getting their feedback about what their next steps are. So our conversions have been absolutely in, insane. Like, and it's it's funny because I just know what we're building, but you know, the industry standard, you know, it's really cool to see kind of how you're skipping you know, a step, Amber. You're skipping a step. That's not fair. You're skipping a step. <laughs> Scheduling. <laughs> yeah. Amber. Yeah. We're also reducing companies' ad spend because we're converting leads faster, the applicants faster. Amber wait lists, uh Philly accents, yeah. uh working moms in Utah. This all sounds very inefficient. Can't we just <laughs> can't we just automate this whole thing with uh with AI? I mean, are you gonna stick with this human model? Yeah, I love that you said that. Any investors that I talk to that uh, want to replace the human entirely with AI, like I don't want them to be our, our necessarily our investors. And um, and I'm fine saying that. And I've spent countless nights, like after ChatGPT and all that stuff, you know, came out, I spent countless nights trying to really understand like why that works and, and why, you know, the results are showing. And I, I kept coming back to this word moment. We're capturing the applicant right at the moment. And what moment is, is it leads to momentum. And so if you think about the physics behind momentum, it's mass and velocity, right? So when you could capture an applicant in the moment and show them that they matter with a human, that's what's leading to conversion and that momentum. But companies can't do that right now because they don't have enough Mm -hmm. people. So basically they're pumping more velocity, which is the technology, but they don't have enough people. And so by utilizing the gig economy, we're giving them mass people in their time. And so in terms of now the AI part, like the the psychology behind it, what the difference between AI that could sound like a human or whatever else is the relatability factor. It's the, oh, you grew up in Somerset, New Jersey. Did you uh, go to the Bridgewater Commons Mall? I went there with my grandpa growing up. You know, it's that relatability, that human to human connection that I will stand on until I'm blue in the face. And if AI takes over entirely, I don't want to be a part of that world. <laughs> and I will continue building that. All right. So until, you passionately uh, you will know. die on that hill. I, get it. <laughs> I will. But do you have do you have any data or anecdotal evidence that that's what your customers want? I get that the job seekers want that, but do your customers demand it as well? Well, the customers are coming to us and a lot of our AI competitors, um, which we love AI. Don't get me wrong, because basically, I believe that AI getting you to the human is is the way that, you know, it goes creating more efficiencies Mm -hmm. there. But our AI competitors are actually asking to integrate with us because their customer wants the, the human aspect. Interesting. So from the looks of it, it looks like most people who apply talk to somebody. At least from your website, that's what it looks like. Is that the case? And how do you ma- how do you how do you manage that if you're doing like high volume positions? It seems like 600 wouldn't be enough to handle that. So the interview is about five to seven minutes long. It's up to 15 interview questions and or statements, and you can get a lot out of you know a conversation out of a, a moment in five to seven minutes. And so a vetter does an interview. We 
we want to make it so that a vetter can do about six if they wanted mm-hmm. to per hour, which is again, that call yep. center that uh, Erlang sees call center model. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and if we start, as we start getting more and more uh, companies on, we just add more yep. vetters one by one. And how much can a vetter make? I mean, do you find yourself competing with DoorDash wages and what they could make doing sort of other gig things? Is that a separate competition? What what can a vetter typically make? Actually, it's funny because how did we first start getting vetters? I would recruit all my Uber drivers. <laughs> I would be like, oh, I'm doing this, you know. But uh, the great part about vet is that you don't le- need to leave your home. You can do it from the confines of your own home, from wherever you are. And that's the beautiful part about it. our vetters are distributed all across the country. I think we have two states where we don't have vetters. I think Hawaii and North Dakota, I think, uh, the last I checked. <laughs> but we have vetters all over and they can do it from right. They don't have to spend gas money. They don't have to do any yeah. of that. It's literally having a human to human conversation. And the purpose and the mission and vision behind vet is that we're having strangers show other strangers that they yeah. matter. And we're working with a grocery store and when it started getting me thinking that the applicants are the customers. Mm -hmm. And so when, you know, it it just is such a beautiful thing. It's that like loving your neighbor thing where like that better could be your customer. That applicant is your customer. Mm -hmm. Like they have, and that's one of the reasons why also having that human to human connection for right at the moment of intent, rather than AI, you know, you're building that rapport and that trust. And guess what? Who is that person going to shop at now? The, your competitor down the street or the company that they're vetting applicants for. I'm sorry. So, can I can I get an applause for recruiting Uber drivers to be vetters? I think <laughs> we hear a lot about hustling as a startup, and that is hustling. Oh, yeah. So yeah. a quick applause for that. And a big applause for Philly love, right? Philly neighborly love. Um, okay, so let's talk about market segments. Uh, you know, what types of companies and positions is, is vet really perfect for? Yeah, so high volume hiring. So Originally, when I first launched the product, again, we haven't done any marketing or mm-hmm. anything uh, yet, which is why probably a lot of people haven't heard about that. But uh, we started off saying, okay, we're going to you know, do, th- like this customer is interested, and then this type of uh, customer is interested. So we work with like assisted living centers on uh, CNAs, RNs, LPNs, housekeepers, line mm-hmm. cooks, jobs. But then we're also working uh, with a physical security franchise that is recruiting security guards. And we also have uh, car rental who's doing like drivers and, uh, sale, you know, some salespeople. Mm-hmm. We also have a hair salon that's doing like, uh, hair stylists. And it's interesting. It's really any company that needs to capture the applicant at that moment of intent before you lose them to your competitor. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I pivoted from the highly skilled, like the software engineers, that, you know, doctors, lawyers for a reason. And that was because, you know, there's not thousands of node engineers readily available to vet someone's applicant on demand. So, you know, I want people like my mom and your mom and your sister and your brother and our neighbors and everyone to be able to use the platform to earn, you know, a living. I have a, a situation where a friend of mine, it was she was having a hard time kind of paying her rent. And I don't want anyone ever to, have you ever seen The Pursuit of Happiness? I recently yes. saw that. And it was like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like they don't have an option, you know? And with this, like, they they have options, 
you know, you don't have to starve and you don't have to not be able to pay your rent. Amber for president, people. Okay, so when we're talking about <laughs> being able to get these vetters ready for new positions, new companies, those types of things, is it easy? Is it hard? I mean, if they're already in the system, but yet it's something that they haven't, you know, questioned about before types of positions. Is there any type of training that needs to happen? So that was the question. And that was what, when we first launched, we weren't right. sure. Because the, the vetters would be like, well, can I have the script beforehand? And we're like, no, like we, it's right when it pops up. And, but so we started testing it out and you find that it is like, you pick it up so easily. Like it is such a seamless, like the way that we've developed the platform. I developed it for someone like me. Like I don't like complex systems and I need something that's super easy to figure out. And it's, it's so easy. It's a script that the first part is generally starts the same mm-hmm. way. Um, there's you know, consent that the call is being recorded and whatever else. And then it goes into, it's a, it's a conversation and we want it to be conversation. We're okay. If betters go a little bit off script and, you know, like as long as that human to human connection is there and you're getting, you know, you're getting that data that you mm-hmm. need, but yeah, it's, uh, it's been, there's a couple of questions I had. We tested the theory. We constantly are doing AB testing on stuff and, uh, we learned from, Okay. So what about staffing? You said that you tested this with staffing. This seems like the perfect, uh, the perfect opportunity for staffing to start to build more margin within what they're doing, possibly. Uh, are you working yeah. with any staffing companies at all? Yeah, we actually are. So we're working with staffing companies and uh, our POs have been reaching out to us to use the technology and then to use the overflow for the you know times that they can't get to or speak to the applicant. Right. Because even call centers and RPOs are limited. Yes. Because they're based on, you know, seats or, or the limited availability of the one single person. And so with VET, you're not, it's not limited. It's, it almost in a way kind of defies like the macroeconomics of being able to have the resources to do something. And so we're working, so yeah, we're working with some staffing companies and RPOs have been reaching out to us to, um, and again, she's talking macroeconomics on the podcast. She's definitely running for president. So we're talking about a U.S. target right now. Are you working within the entire uh, U.S.? I would say yes. Are you looking to yeah. be able to go beyond that Canada, Mexico, and then beyond Europe? Yeah, we have definitely gotten uh, requests. Some people from Europe, or people have reached out and been like, I heard about that. I'm like, how did you hear about that? I don't even know how. But it's really, it's it's cool to hear that. Um, so yes, we also are working on an option where if an applicant wants to interview in Spanish or in a different language, that we could prioritize the vetters that you know could interview them in whatever language that it is that they they want as well as any specific industry you know if someone has like they'll be prioritized so if someone has nursing type of job they could have a nurse be the one that vets them it's priority it's not guaranteed but it's def- we could prioritize based on right. that you mentioned uh chatbots and some others that are competitors are there any other competitors that you would consider that maybe we aren't you mentioned is there anyone doing this globally uh, that you that you know of? Uh, anyone outside of chatbots that are competitors? Uh, no, I mean, I don't want to... Here's the thing. I'll never say, no, there's not a competitor out there because who knows who is me building something in their studio apartment, you know, building something. I don't want to ever take that away from anyone. But as far as we know, and I do keep an eye on like kind of what's going on and everything, no. Uh, we, are, we do have a moat that uh, we, we have in our back pocket. Um but yeah. And who would the ideal acquirer, not acquirer, the ideal partner be for this business if they, uh, if they called up? Yeah. I want to get to the point where we can acquire companies, <laughs> but, uh, but no, so 
I would say like good, like partners with us would be um, like maybe the RPOs uh, or some AI companies. Uh, honestly, ATSs. The ATSs uh, are definitely one that what we found our data because we are converting applicants faster that it'll only make the ATSs better. So we do have automations and everything integrations with ATSs, but partnering with like a Workday or you know. Um, Oracle or ADP, any of, you know, would really be something that I think would uh, make sense and uh, also help Got them it. out and their their partners and their customers. This sounds really freaking expensive, Amber. Hello. What, uh, <laughs> what can a customer expect to pay for such a pricey sounding solution? Yeah. So we, it ranges. So if a company wants to use it internally for the platform um, and we'll give, we also give data on what times of day interviews are coming in. So we we fully equip them with that. So it's anywhere from $89 per seat to $59 per seat for internal. And then external, it could be anywhere from $20 per vet to $15 per okay. vet. Okay, okay. All right, Amber, that is the bell, Ooh. meaning the Q&A session is over. Well, are you ready fast. to face the firing squad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, give me some feeling like, bring it on. All right, Chad, get her. All right. So one thing that chatbots have demonstrated is that instant gratification is is something that, and I think we've all known that it's it's what America is built on these days. Like it or not, we created this this experience monster, and now we have to feed it. Uh, that being said, not every company will want a chatbot texting experience when they have an opportunity for a human touch point. And in some hiring companies, they might feel that the human touch point will actually give them an upper hand in landing the talent. And then the optics of giving a human white glove experience, right? So it gives them that that, that market experience, not to mention you're also being able to, to skip a step where everybody's talking about, oh, we do scheduling so much better. There, there's no scheduling. We're skipping that all together. Um, the, the hard part, Obviously, you might see as you start to grow this, because you're still really in your infancy, is scaling the workforce, the vetters for the new areas to, to interview, uh, and then obviously growing aspirationally, growing globally, and being able to do that in foreign languages, right? I mean, that's where shit gets scary. Um, although we've we've seen generative AI used as a co-pilot that can index information much faster and better than humans alone, coupling that with a multimodal large language model in the near future kind of puts, you know, human powered platforms in, in a, uh, in a, in a redundancy kind of scenario. Right. Um, but guess what? We're not there yet. And I think vet has time to get acquired and or explore those avenues themselves. Uh, which is why I believe, I mean, you're headed down the right path. You're, you're doing all the right things. Uh, you've got the right experience. I'm a big fan. This is a big applause. Yay! <laughs> That's the Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> I love that the little corner of her, her mouth was starting to smile <laughs> as you were like leading to the applause. All right, Amber, don't get too excited now. Cause I, I still have a turn, okay. turn in this thing. All right. So when so when we do these firing squads, I research the company, all the info, all the what they've raised, and I come up with questions that are pretty standard, and then I come up with what I think without meeting the founder, uh, as nice as they are, whatever. Because I always I, I try not to be biased 
in my in my decision. So I write up a, a commentary of what I think without meeting you, what I would say. And I was ready to kill this company. I was ready to say, this is a commodity. This is going to get AI to death. And I said, unless she tells me they're going to automate this thing and go AI, you didn't. You did the, you zagged and I zigged. You said, there's no way in hell that we're going to go automation. We're going to be human being till the end. And one of my points was that you're being the Uber for employment or Uber for interviews or whatever it is. I wrote it down. Uber for phone interviews. And I was going to say, even Uber is looking to automate all their taxis. Robo taxis were just approved in California. Like this is the, this is where everything is going to go. The difference is if I'm in an automated car, a robo taxi or a taxi with a taxi driver, I don't really care because I don't talk to the taxi driver. My experience in a taxi is no better if I talk to a driver or not. I just want to get where I'm going. Searching for a job is different. These are people who are looking. They may have been laid off. They may be depressed or defeated in some way. I, I got to think if, if I'm looking for a job and I'm in that headspace and I apply and talk to a human within minutes, if not seconds, I feel a little bit better about life. <laughs> I feel a little bit better about, oh, shit, I applied and I got a person, a human being on the line. And you're right to say, we're a long way from, you know, hey, I'm from Chicago and like, oh, did you see the Bears game last week? Or, you know, to have that kind of, of nuance and context, I think we're way off uh, from from anywhere uh, near that. I love that you have a moat of vetters. Uh, you should write a, a white paper on how you're able to grow vetters with no marketing whatsoever. And I think it goes, it goes beyond just talking to your Uber drivers, <laughs> unless you were taking Ubers for like 24 hours a day uh, in multiple cities. Hopping to get from to Uber to Uber. Yeah. And I also think, uh, you know, we had a story recently about a, a customer service company that laid off 90% of their customer service people. Good for them. That's the direction I want to go. But that's also vetters for you to cherry pick and grow your moat, if you will, of people that can provide a human touch through the job um, search journey. I believe humans will always have a place in, in this world. Hell, there's still classified job postings in newspapers. You may have a small percentage of the overall market, but it's going to be a really big market and you may be the only fish in that pond. And I think that's a good place to be. And for that as well, <laughs> it's a big applause for me. And you know what happens when that happens, Amber? <laughs> you get a little careless whisper in your firing squad. That's just how good it is. So you obviously have survived and thrived in the firing squad. How do you feel? Amazing. I could breathe now. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. It really does. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Pleasure. Uh, Good luck to you. Obviously, you're you're early in this journey. Let us know when you get that series A. Let us know when uh, you know you're making moves overseas. But until then, Amber, let our listeners know where they can find out more about vet yeah so we actually created something for chad and cheese and so it's (laughs) vet.io slash chad and cheese uh and then you'll be able to uh you'll actually be able to listen to an act a real call a real vet um and uh book a a demo to see the product um 
And yeah. That escalated quickly. Yeah, that deserves a big applause. <laughs> you, want and a, you want applause for that one too? Yes. Right. That, that, I mean, she's thinking, she's forward thinking on all of this. I, I, I love it. Just another At reason. At least she didn't volunteer us to be vetters uh, for those demos. Like, uh, you guys will be wait, getting calls soon for, uh, yeah, for demos yeah, wait, of that. Wait till we get off the recording. She'll be. That's right. That's right. That is, that is vet.io, everybody. Chad, another one in the can. This one was fun. And we out. We out. This has been the Firing Squad. Be sure to subscribe to the Chad and Chief podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you're a startup who wants to face the Firing Squad, contact the boys at chadcheese.com today. That's www.chadcheese.com.